Cleveland Guardians look like they are going to lose 6-7 while facing two of the three worst teams in baseball. We're going to talk about what's going wrong with this team, what is shaping up for this last week before the All-Star break, along with talking about the Franmel Reyes trade rumors that popped up this weekend, all on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I am the host of Locked On Guardians, Jeff Ellis, as I have been for all near 800 episodes now of the show. I want to take a moment and say a thank you to, hey, Guardians fans, you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. So there are some fun things to talk about. I don't want this to seem like to be all negative Nelly uh, in terms of the Cleveland Guardians. Nolan Jones has had a really fun debut. We'll talk about Nolan Jones. And I was pulling up tweets from him. I am the originator of the Cleveland Guardians Nolan Jones fan club. And I can say that because I was mocking him as a, you know, when he was still in high school to the Guardians. I was talking about why I had him highly ranked. I had him higher ranked than Will Benson. And let's just take a moment and appreciate the fact that draft class right now, the 2016, all right? No, is that right? No, it's not the 2016. Where is it? I I, got to pause it because here's the thing. I get years confused. Just like I get pronunciation confused. I got to trust myself. Yes, the 2016 draft class. By the way, before I get into that, I want to thank you for making Longton Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever you get it, it is you get podcasts. This draft class very much looks like it has a chance to go down as one of the Guardians' top five all time. Uh, let's just talk about the second round where Nolan Jones was taken. Uh, he was nestled between Keegan Aiken and Ben Rodevert, who have both made to the big leagues. Now, here's where you might get a bit salty. Uh, there were some very good players taken not long after him. Brian Reynolds, who it should be pointed out, the Giants believed in so much, they traded him away for not really much of a return. And then you have Pete Alonzo and Bo Bichette. Uh, well known in this class that the Guardians took Will Benson in the first round. What's kind of funny is you go back and you look at the first round of this draft class. Will Smith, Dylan Carlson, Dakota Hudson, I believe, are the highest value players Top 10 didn't do much. Cal Quantrell at a 5.3 is honestly one of the is the second most valuable player in this class in terms of war. Uh, guys like Gavin Lux and those other players, though, could pop. Eric Lauer uh, has looked very good now that he has left um, San Diego, you know, leaving the development there. And Ian Anderson is a guy who's had his up and downs. But Mickey Moniak, Nick Senzel, Riley Pint was out of baseball, Corey Ray. I mean, this was a class where from the start, when I remember writing about it, it's like there is nobody at the top. Like everyone was hoping that like AJ Puck would take a step forward, that you know somebody would sit there and grab. I had uh, Blake Rutherford was my number one player, and I believe when I did my shadow draft, I redid the Guardians picks. Uh, so they they still had Bieber and they still had Jones, but I had Blake Rutherford going in the uh, the first round, and I, I thought he was the top player in this class. That didn't turn out. We don't always get them all right, but the best players actually came in the second round, which is where Nolan Jones was selected, and. Like I said, uh, right now, Reynolds, Bichette, and Alonzo are the three highest-rated players from that second round. And if you're kind of curious, just some of the other ones, Zach Gallen in the third round, who and Austin Hayes was awesome in that second round as, long, as well as... 
Alex Call, who's in AAA, has got an opportunity out with the Guardians, and I was making that face. Uh, Sean Murphy, because, and I make that face, He, I gave him a first-round grade in this class. I was very quick to give him, oh, what a catch. By the way, the game's in the eighth inning. I'm watching it, but uh, what a move by Isabel there to get the out. I thought Rosario had a hit. But when you're looking at it, I, I was so much higher on Sean Murphy than Logan Ice, and I know why. Here's the thing. Sean Murphy broke his handmade bone. I got to see a game where he was in the rain and he just destroyed the ball. And I believe there was an A scout there that day, but not a lot of people got a chance to see him because of injuries, even though like he had elite pop times, had power potential, just hadn't had a chance to show it. Whereas Logan Ice did at Oregon state caught fantastic quality pitching as well. It was a bit of a breakout and was a lefty as opposed to righty. The guardians always seem to like left-handed catchers. So I, I will tell you, I was very high. I remember on Zach Allen also in this round who I really liked was uh, John Duplantier. Uh, just has not worked out for him. But Gallon is like your fourth highest player. Of course, in the fifth round, I should say in the third round, you get Aaron Savale. Shane Bieber in the fifth is actually one of the highest rated players, as one would expect from this class. So if you're looking at the top five, it's Alonzo, Bieber, Bichette, uh, Reynolds, and then, uh, man, my memory, just not what it, it should be. Then in the last one being... Uh, Zach Allen, I believe, slight advantage over Will Smith, and that's a, that, and that's you know why to bring up this class because you know, Will Benson, we'll see, maybe he gets a chance in the big leagues this year, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but you got Nolan Jones, you got Savale, you got Plesac, you got Bieber uh, in this class, and then you traded for Cal Quantrell. It's kind of funny that you know putting a group together like that we're like okay so they got all these great players and then they traded for someone else in this class who became an important part of the rotation because why that's funny is if you follow trades uh they got Quantrell for Clevenger Clevenger was part of the 2011 draft which is a fantastic the Guardians no they didn't sign him that year but they drafted Cody Allen they drafted Francisco Lindor they drafted eight or nine guys who got to the big leagues it was one of their best draft classes ever it's another probably top five class Clevenger was a 2011 pick who they got later on. Who, who it's like it's a, not part of that class necessarily, but someone else who has brought value from that class. Uh, fifth round, Kevin Biggio, Nicky Lopez, who I mean changed the game today with his speed. Uh, Connor Capel, who made it to the big leagues, uh, the Guardians drafted in this round. Daniel Hudson, who made it to the big leagues for the Guardians, also taken in that round. And just as we go through the sixth round, Tommy Edmond who, by the way, has a higher war than Bieber, who becomes is one of the top, might have the highest war right now in this class. Tommy Edmond in the sixth round, very end of the sixth round for the Cardinals. Seventh round, Sam Huff is your top performer. See, this is where we start getting into it because it's later and it's hard. Andre Scrub, you know, not a good sign your name is Scrub, to the Dodgers is the highest war in the eighth. Ninth, you get Tony Goslin. How about the St. Mary's College? Again, this is the underrated pitching factory that nobody talks about. Not only was Tony Goslin a senior sign for them, they gave him $2,500. Now, if you know anything about senior sign money, that is the absolute pittance. Pittance? I don't think I said that word right. That's the smallest. Like, almost nobody gives that little. Like, the typical senior sign, if you go through, it's $10,000. There is one player, Jesse Shocklands, Shotlands from Wright State, who got 1000 So he's not the least, the lowest paid player. Uh, and there's only a handful, like, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's only five players in that entire round who didn't get at least 10000 Tony Gos- Gonslin, who's on his way to being a top five Cy Young candidate right now, uh, 
is was a two thousand five hundred like that is a massive scouting win. And you're like, why? Why do you say St. Mary's is a pitching factory? Uh, can I tell you who's from there? Corbin Burns, Tony Goslin, uh, Kyle. I'm going to get his name wrong. Uh, Barra Clow is a recent player. Kai Bush, who went in there last who went in the second round last year. It's been a lot more interesting players we're seeing come out of that program. They do a fantastic job in terms of pitching and development. And I would always keep my eye on anybody from that program overall. Uh, Patrick Wisdom was from there. That's a batter, not a pitcher. But, I, you know, when we talk in like three years at this class, top five players, Gonsolin will be among them. And again, about the cheapest bonus you get. And it doesn't just end there for value. Tenth round, uh, Santico Espinal, who got votes for the All-Star game, went to the Red Sox. Again, not always the team that traps you. The 11th, we often see some overslot deals because uh, that's where teams save money and get someone. Joe Barlow to the Rangers is the most successful player. And the 12th round, you see a little more of that carryover as well. And the 12th round is, I also wanted to go to this far, because that's where the Guardians got Zach Plesak, who has the highest value in this round. is one of the top 15, I believe, players overall. So a really good draft class for the Guardians. And Nolan Jones just helps make it an even better draft class. We're going to take our first break here, come back, talk about these games uh, as they are unfolding, and... Also, segment three, talk about the Fran Mill uh, Reyes trade rumors, why I believe them and why I don't believe them on today's Lockdown Guardians. And our first fantastic sponsor is a product I used all the time, and that was Athletic Greens. And I started using this product literally every day because I'm going to be honest with my listeners, they send it to me. If you send it to me, I'll try it. Uh, There have been items that have been sent to me that I do not enjoy, and then I do not talk about them. Uh, a very classic example being with our good friends at Built Bar. Their original powder drink mix was not good. I've, I've mentioned this like as a read. I just I never talked about their powdered mix because now it's fantastic. I have like three bags. I love it upstairs. But their original wasn't good. So if there's something that someone sends me, I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, I just don't talk about it. But I liked this product. It was, you know, full of vitamins and nutrients. And you just get it. It's like taking a multivitamin. But for me, I loved the taste. It was like a, a earthy taste, which I love. I'm someone who loves like matcha and green teas. I also had a bit of a citrus. And I, it was just a fantastic product. It helped you feel good. It gave you some energy and it gave you all the nutrients you could need. And then you got to love a company that is also uh, climate neutral and helps feed kids. That they give nutritious, you know, they, they give money to no kid hungry here in the United States. And they donated over 1.2 million meals. Like if there's one thing we can all agree on. Uh, it's that all kids should be able to eat. So not only are they giving you a, not giving you, not only do you get a fantastic product that comes in just an amazing box, everything in there is so good, high quality all around, but the product is high quality, and then they're high quality people in terms of what they are doing for others. And right now, to make it easy, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So let's get into these games. One... Let's let's start with the positive. That Nolan Jones home run, I mean, it was the easiest 475 I have maybe ever seen. Like, I just see that thing shooting out when he hit that one Saturday. And Saturday's game was a lot of fun. Uh, (laughs) 
The rest of them, not so much. The rest of them kind of want to bang your head. But man, to watch that and to see it go, I mean, it wasn't just majestic. Like, what a game for him. And then, so let's start Friday. Uh, Again, Morgan and Henches have been really reliable this year, but both of them have seen their ERAs rising. Remember at the beginning, like a month ago, Morgan's was, was under two. Now it's over three. It's been sneaking up there. And the home run is always going to be an issue for him. That has been something his a bugaboo his whole career. And that's why it was. So if you go through and you look at something like uh, XFIP, which I don't love because it stabilizes home run rates. What an inning by Nick Sandlin, side note. With all of his struggles, he went through and just had a bit of a beauty there uh, as I was watching on the side. You know, I, I've given him a lot of guff this year. If he can get back to where he was pre-injury, which is what this inning was, where he, one inning, two strikeouts, huge for the Guardians. But get back in this game, you know, Morgan's home run rates were always high. And with XFIP, it makes everyone have the same home run rate because it says all everyone, it, you know, typically it's closer to even. Well, we know that's not the case. And that's why I don't really like XFIP. And I don't see most people use XFIP. But there is something to be said for home run rates for a specific player will stabilize over the course of a year. Unfortunately, it's stabilizing a little bit in this one for Morgan. And that's what's leading to his jump. Uh, Henches. You know, they just got to him. I mean, he gave up two hits and struck out one, only one-third of an inning to get the before the walk-off win. The Guardians got to Singer. Uh, Pyamps was good. Barlow was fantastic. They had a chance against Barlow, though, and they just they couldn't get the door shut. Uh, how about Andres Jimenez being struck twice in this one? What's the deal with this? I need to look at, like, who's got the highest hit, uh, you know, hit by pitches. He's got to be up there. But for the Guardians overall, like, they were up three to one you enter the eighth and then I don't know why you don't go class a in that situation honestly for me it's a high leverage situation I don't care this whole idea of saving your closer for the closing situation let's go get our our closer in in a high leverage situation error with Rosario I mean this was this is a game they should have won it's just a lot of sloppy little moments in there. You know, they got the bases loaded in the ninth and couldn't get anyone across. I was trying to think if it was bases loaded with how many outs uh, in this one. So hit by a pitch, force out, walk, single. And then, uh, yeah, with one out and nothing came to be. And then it was double strikeout, single to Michael A. Taylor, who's like not, who's all defense. I mean, he's he's been about as good offensively as straw throughout his career. And that's the guy who gets the walk-off win. Uh, it was a frustrating loss. Extremely frustrating. Box score, bingo. Cleveland had nine hits. No walk. No, I'm sorry. Look at the one walk. Again, that's such a low amount for them. So they had 10 opportunities there. The two hit batters gives them 12 opportunities. One error is a 13. On 13, you're expecting about four-ish. They got three. Now, they also had two extra base hits. Or, I'm sorry, three extra base hits. You expect it to be closer to that four. Unfortunately, it wasn't. On the other side of things, Kansas City had no walks. 10 hits, one error. They only had 11 opportunities. That's like, you know, approaching three, but they got four. They were able to tag it together. Players of the game in this one, uh, Framo Reyes, two for four with a big home run. Nolan Jones, one for three with a double. Who reached base twice? Well, Rosario did, Jose did, Franmil did, and Andres did. Andres, I'm going to give the third star in this one. Well, let's give it to Savale. Like, I want to give it to Andres because he got beat up, but... Savale, I've been rough on him as well this year because, boy, has he struggled. But seven innings, six hits, one earned run, zero walks, six strikeouts. He deserved to win. Just an unfortunate loss. A lot of a lot of points where they honestly could have, should have, would have. That's one of those games. And dropped them below 500, which is a real kick in the pants at that point in time. 
Saturday, this was the fun one. Uh, McKenzie, another just stellar outing, though you wonder if it was against a team other than Kansas City. <laughs> that's the one thing. They had zero walks the day before. He had five walks in this game. That That's a high amount. Only three hits, but that gets me worried. Only four strikeouts. When your walks are higher than your strikeouts, that is not going to be sustainable. But, I mean, the overall performance is good. Uh, uh, Karen Chak, not ideal to give up three base runners. Sure, he struck out two. Again, I, I'm, I'm fine with living with him for now. You have to see... If you're going to keep him, because at the end of this year, he becomes arbitration eligible and either you're going to pay him, you know, probably over a million dollars plus based on earlier performance because it's the whole picture. Or you're going to release him to clear a roster spot. So you need to figure that out. Shaw, uh, is that appearance 35? Did he just make an extra 150,000? Did I miss that already? And then Sandlin, we talked about how he was just nice here in Sunday's game. Really strong performance for him coming out uh, in this. Uh, I said Sunday. Today's game is Sunday's game. Saturday's game. Uh, Rosario got hit. I mean, the Guardians got hit a bunch in this series. Who reached base? Well, it's almost like who didn't reach base twice. Because he had Quan, Rosario, Ramirez, and Andres. And Straw all had three hit games. Owen Miller was a uh, came in as a you know a defensive replacement. He had a hit. Uh, Naylor, this is the only game he played in the series. Nice job there in the ninth. Um, I've been banging on Miller and his foibles and struggles, but good job by him. Uh, you know, let's see. So Clement even had, I mean, everyone had a hit. The only person who didn't reach base was when Mercado came in and played some center field and he went over two. It's, you know, the, like I said, again, it's easier to say who didn't even reach base twice and it's, it's Miller, but he only had two at bats and it's Clement, but he only had two at bats. And then it's, um, it's Mercado, and he only had two at-bats. Everyone who started reached base multiple times. Quan had two doubles. Franmil had a double. Straw had a double. Jose had a double. Luke Maley had a double. Jose Ramirez had a home run, his 17th. Nolan Jones, we talked about that. What an easy 475 off his bat home run. Ahmed Rosario had his fourth home run. He had 11 last year. I was listening to the Kansas City broadcast for the game at one point, and they were talking about the fact that, yeah, he's probably not going to get to 11 this year. The power numbers are down for him. Again, I think... And the other thing, you know, he was, what, 0 for 18 uh, coming into the Kansas City series, his last 18. That's what we're going to get with Ahmed. There are a lot of people who are mad at me for criticizing uh, Tito. There are a lot of people who are mad at me because I criticized Ahmed. But what we have to understand with Ahmed and where I talked about on Friday is, yeah, it was a little unfair to him. I'm not going to deny that. I I was. Because he's going to be streaky, and that's what we saw a year ago. He's going to have points where he is the second best hitter on this team. I mean, there's points one could argue with Jose's thumb which he now says is fine but i mean this this 05 game 05 losing five nothing here in the ninth with a runner on third with uh two outs we'll see if guardians can get a run across i don't know letting ernie clement bat here is might as well say uh we're we're not trying let's we're just giving up uh he got fooled on that one but oh completely lost my point when i was going through uh with rosario he's going to have those points where he's really good and those points where he's really bad. And at the end of the day, he's going to be league average. And then I still think you trade him because again, if he is, let's just say, you know, this year he's been average to, Hey, run across on a wild pitch. Guardians got one. Uh, So if you go through this and you look at Rosario, he is average to slightly below average at shortstop. He is 
average at the bat, do you really want to pay that guy six, seven million next year when you have all the internal options to short? I wouldn't. Uh, his value is probably at its peak. He's got one and a half years right now until free agency. I understand he's loved in the clubhouse. He's a great dude, but uh, if you're the Guardians, he's a guy I still consider moving. To get back into this one, uh, and again, I'll admit I was wrong. Error by Owen Miller. He's, it's been rough at seven on the year for a guy who's a part-time player. Very rough for him defensively throughout the year. Uh, players of the game, you give it to McKenzie. I, like I said, there, I have concerns with that box score, but you go six innings uh, without giving up a run, you make it. Uh, good on Clement there, for as much as I, again, bash on him. That's a uh, second game in a row where he's reached base with a hit. Then when I'm looking at this overall, I I have to give to Fran Mill again because he had a home run and a double. No, he just had the home run. I was trying to think. Jose Jose gets one for the home run and the double. That's who had two extra base hits that were both one a home run, one a double. And then, I, you know, it's like, who do you pick? You could almost say anyone on the team. Uh, at the end of the day... I think you got to give it to either let me look so rosario did have a hit by pitch so he technically reached base four times i don't know if anyone else reached base four times in this one outside of nolan jones so you know what nolan jones is your third star he he's going to do it two games in a row first major league home run 457 and it was the easiest 457 you'll ever see he reached base four times had two walks and two hits what a debut. He gets a star for the second game in a row. Uh, Andres, it's a, you know, it's it's a point in the game where you want him to come through. He's 0-2 right now. We'll see what happens. Again, it's a 5-1 game. I'm not holding out too much hope here in the ninth. Uh, but Saturday's game was fun. Got him back to 500. This game looks like they will fall below here. Uh, we are going to take our third break, come back and talk about today's game, and then also talk about the Fran Mill rumors and why there is some smoke and why there is no smoke. The sports card investor app is the future, and the future is now. Why do I say that? Because I see a lot of apps that do similar things to the sports card trader app, but not necessarily for sports cards. It's the first card app I've seen that does this for sports cards. It's a free app. You scan your cards. It helps you see what they're selling for, what they've sold for over the last seven days, over the last 30 days. You can find the best prices and buy directly through the app with the eBay deals feature. Browse over 630 cards with more coming every week, not just baseball. You can also sit there and find Marvel cards and other sports. Uh, you know, just go check it out for yourself. It's a lot of fun. Or maybe there's that card you want to track down, a card that was a favorite as a kid that you lost. Uh, I have them, but a card set of mine would be the McDonald's did like uh, rookie cards that or did a whole basketball set, and I completed the whole set. The other was like Shaquille O'Neal's rookie season. Somewhere I've still got that. I collected that entire set. But a set like that that's a little different, a little fun, you can find that info over at the Sports Card Investor app today. Download their Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in Google Play and Apple App Stores. Or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Actually, go there because that probably helps us more. Check it out today. I use it. It's fun. If you're someone who likes sports and you've collected your cards, it's not just a necessarily see value, but the nostalgia factor is fantastic. So uh, I apologize for that ad read where you notice in the middle of it, the game ended on the strikeout there. Um, So this game was frustrating. Naylor was, uh, before the game began, he had to sit down because his back is still bothering him. Uh, It's, man, let's see. So 
uh, I've realized I never went back to it. So Shaw is up to, in terms of appearances, why can I not, why is it not popping up for me? He is at 35. So congratulations to Brian Shaw. Saturday's game made him $150,000. Let's do, 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 ring that bell. Um, but overall, on this Sunday, I didn't do the box score. Man, I'm just leaving. We have to do box score bingo. It's going to be a fun one for the uh, Saturday game. But the game on Friday, this is another one Friday. The game on Sunday, I don't know if I even want to say it's missed opportunities. It was just not a great played game offensively for the Cleveland Guardians. But before we get into that, let's do something fun. Let's do the box score bingo on a day where a team had 23 hits and five walks and a hit batter. So that's six via walk. They had 30 opportunities. 23 hits, six walks, plus the hit, you know, five walks and a hit batter and the error. It should be about 10 runs. A little bit more, though, when you consider the fact that they had, what, one, two, three home runs, and then two, four, five, six doubles. Yeah, 13 seems about right. On the other side, six walks and seven hits. is thir- They had 14 opportunities. They should have had close to five runs for Kansas City. They had one. Not a great performance for them. But, yeah, let's just take a moment and revel in that because – the game today, not so much. Um, going through for Cleveland, you know, Plesak gave up four runs, three earned, and one could say he pitched better than this. That he's going to, you know, three earns in five innings. Because you go back to the fifth, that's really where things turned. That's where three runs were given up. And you talk about that fifth inning, so I just want to pull it up and get this correctly. So it starts with a strikeout. Nicky Lopez has walked. That hurts them because uh, I don't know. There's no one to fault here. Like Jose got rid of the ball quickly. He got it to second. Nicky Lopez, I don't know if he was running with the pitch. Um, you know, I kind of came late into this one and threw it on and I was like watching the highlight, but he was, you know, he hustled and he beat the throw to second base, which I know shouldn't be able to happen, but it did. And him beating that throw completely changes this inning because otherwise, uh, if they get him out there, then the next when Andrew Benintendi singles, Lopez doesn't score. It's still a one nothing game. And then Jose has a fielding error. If he doesn't have a fielding error, you're out of the inning right there. It's a two nothing game. Kansas City doesn't get all those other runs across. And yes, at the end of the day, they still get, you know, the one in the fifth and they still get the one in the sixth, so it's three to one and they still lose, but chances were there. Just looking overall at the box score for Cleveland, uh, you know, they didn't walk a ton in this one. So it's like who reached base twice? Uh, this is where I kind of get my comeuppance, as it were, right? Because you look at the multi-time. Owen Miller had a hit and a walk. Nolan Jones had a hit and a walk. Ernie Clement had a hit and a walk. So the guys, I have been... Now remember, I have been the ultimate re- reverse jinxer this year. So maybe my luck is coming together. Uh, Jose Ramirez had another hit in this one as well. Ahmed, it's continuing to go down because this is a cool time this is what he does he's super hot he's super cold and no matter how you feel about him what he is in that off period and we talked go look at year ago it's like he'd have a 150 runs created plus one month and then he'd fall to 80 then he'd be a 130 and then he'd have a month at 60 and 70 so when he is not playing well he should be lowering the lineup because we know this is what he does this is historically what he does don't stick with a lineup every day just because I don't know, of comfort or your belief or whatever, if you're not performing well. Like, if he is a guy who goes up and down, when he is up, absolutely leave him there. Right now, he's not up. I wouldn't leave him there. Uh, Clement or Miller was your only extra base hit in this one. Jose Ramirez had a stolen base as well. Again, not bad for Plesak. Henches, um, 
you know, it's it's been bad. It's not gone well for him. He is struggling something mightily overall. I don't know if teams now have seen that. Because here's the thing. Let's be honest about Henches. I didn't think they should keep him at the end of last year. Uh, I, I That was a bad take. That was a wrong take. But my one concern with him has always been it's a flat fastball. And I don't know if he's getting overexposed, if maybe he is more of a loogie and that works best. I'm not sure what's going on here. But this is a guy, you go back to June 24th, he had a 1-4-4 ERA. Since then, two runs given up, one run given up. He gave up zero runs against New York, but let's see. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven outings. He's given up a run in six of his last seven outings. It's Something's changed. I don't know what it is, but he is... He has been a lot more hittable. He has been, the control hasn't been as strong as well. He started walking more guys, and that was more of an issue in the minors. You go back, the control was was a little bit better, but he has been a lot more hittable. That's the thing. And he's not missing as many bats as he did. So, again, I'm not sure if it's him being, his role being expanded because he had been so good. I mean, I called for a role expansion, but the one thing we have to point out with Hench is, and the reason that I was kind of like, listen, just, don't bother, you know, I thought he and JC Mejia, I, I thought Mejia was more someone to keep than him, even though he's the big lefty. I, you know, I really need to sit there and drill deep and trying to figure out what's going on. But the fastball isn't really a plus pitch in spite of its velocity. And I don't know if teams are now kind of teeing up on it, but something is wrong there and something is just not working. And he is, you know, he pitched twice in this series and he gave up um, a run in each of those appearances. And Niel came in for a third of an inning to help get uh, Henches out of that jam and he was solid. Uh, Trevor Steffen continue. I mean, he's a low three ZRA. And then Nick Sandlin, again, two games a series. Good on Sandlin. Players of the game in this one, three stars. Owen Miller had the only extra base hit, so Owen Miller gets one. Uh, he also scored the only run, so he definitely gets one. I'm going to give one to Sandlin because that's two strong performances overall in this series, and it's great to see that for him. If he can help get back to, if he can get back to where he was, that'll help with this pen because the pen is like, this close to being good, right? Like, Stefan is solid. Class A is an all-star. Uh, Shaw, you know, whatever we say, we say. Henches is more of a loogie type. I think that's his best role. I think we probably, he got overexposed a little bit because he looks so good, and then he tried. And again, uh, I was all for that. And Yale has earned his spot. Uh, it's a bullpen that's very close to being solid to not just being solid, but being like a top 10 bullpen. So I still have a lot of faith in that bullpen. Uh, and then, you know what? Nolan Jones uh, was a player of the game in the other two games, and he went one for three with a walk and a single. So we're going to give him the third player of the game in this one because, uh, you know, he gets the third. He's one of the three stars because what a debut by the rookie. Uh, I'm doing, I've been doing some victory laps because of how he's played. And... Uh, you know, like I said, you can go back to his draft year. He was a player that I was all over. I had him very highly rated. Everyone came off of him last year as, what, a 22-year-old in AAA struggling while dealing with injuries. He went from a top 100, a points top 40 prospect. You just kept moving down list. He has his limitations. But he's a better athlete than he's ever gotten credit for. He has easy power, and that's the thing. Go back and watch Saturday's game. I love the prospect depth in the Guardian system, but they don't have a lot of guys with big power. There's John Kenzie Noel, there's George Valera, 
uh, and there's Nolan Jones. And Nolan Jones is a guy who is a potential 30 home run guy. He just is. There's there's some Carlos Santana. There's some Russell Brannion to that profile. And I think we saw, again, he's going to have a few weeks where he goes like 0 for 16 and strikes out 10 times. That's part of the package as well. This was a fantastic debut. Uh, he has definitely taken to coaching. He's definitely made some adjustments. And I am looking forward to more Nolan Jones. Listen, I've already gone over 30 minutes and they don't want us doing it anymore. So tune in to tomorrow's show. We'll lead off by talking about Fran Mill. It's hard when I got three weekend games to catch up on and a spectacular rookie debut. Not the best weekend, not the best few weeks, but if we want something positive, let's focus on Nolan Jones and his fun debut. It was also fun just to see how much of his family was there and enjoying it. I wish the organization, we've seen so many teams, like when Julio Rodriguez got called up with uh, Seattle, it's like, those debut things, like where they, they tape them. And do, like, it would have been nice if the Guardians took that step forward, if they had done the whole, like, we're going to have someone in the room and recording when he gets his promotion or we're going to do something fun. It was a little, you know, inglorious. It wasn't a big deal. I agree with people who are like, you know, it'd be nice if we had one of these big things like a lot of teams are doing. Didn't happen for Nolan, but what a weekend for him uh, in spite of a hard weekend if you're a Guardians fan. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians Baseball for this week. Remember to tune in tomorrow while I, where I will get into the nitty-gritty of Fran Mill, who's been one of their best hitters, but why he may or may not be someone they look to trade. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.